possible that there are no coincidences. How are you going? Welcome to my horror movie podcast. That's it. I say that every episode. Like, that's... I don't do... <laughs> I don't chuck an intro at the start. That's it. Wham, bam. That is the intro. We're in. Yeah, we're in. We're on. Wham, bam. Let's thank go. you, ma'am. Um, Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Great to meet you. You too. This is, um, this is probably the first episode I have another, like, uh, horror content creator. Everyone else has yep, uh, yep. been gamers. I'll take that title. You can have that. Yeah. I'll get you a ribbon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I talk in podcasts and other people edit them and do all the heavy lifting and I just I just watch movies, get scared, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um can you tell my I'm gonna call them TGI Fers, because I thought that was really funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> small things and small minds. Um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the Scaredy Boys podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Sean Carney. I work with San- the Sans Pants Radio Podcast Network and I have a show on there, which is where um, Kat came across me, which is called Scaredy Boys, which I do with um, two other guys, Damo and Tom. And we're all cowards, absolute cowards <laughs> when it comes to horror films. We've barely seen any. In fact, Damo, I think when we started the show, had only seen like three horror movies in his entire life. So <laughs> oh my God. We're big cowards. Um, and we, yeah, we watch scary movies and then get together and uh, discuss how we would survive in those situations. And then um, apart from the Scaredy Boys podcast, I do another one called How Good's Footy, which is about AFL football. Um, and then top of that, I'm also a writer and I've actually written some horror stuff, even though I'm a Big, big coward. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. What That's if, me. Do you write books or? Uh, I've wrote a play, oh, uh, so a cool. Dracula play actually, that was staged in Melbourne a couple of years ago. I uh, wrote a sequel to that Dracula story that was a novella and then I've contributed to another novel uh, along with Tom and Damo and another writer we worked with called Seasons of Fear where we each took a, a season of, of the year. I did winter and we all told different horror stories. That is and, so cool. Um, yeah. So for people who hate horror, we we write a lot of <laughs> horror stuff, um, which is weird, but it's cool. I don't know. You know what's going to scare people. Yeah, pretty if much. You're I just es- everything. <laughs> <laughs> just all the things. Yeah. Everything possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So you've chosen to talk about signs, which I thought was really interesting yes. because. This came out only in 2002, so it's only 18 years old. Everyone else talks the classics, mm-hmm. and you've gone with Signs. Why is that? I probably haven't seen enough of the classics, um, <laughs> because Scaredy Boy. Uh, I picked Signs, I mean, I thought it was funny to pick Signs, actually, because it's not even, for most people, it's probably not even a horror movie. Oh, no, it's this movie like scares a, the shit out of me. It's just a sci-fi thriller, but yeah, it scared the <laughs> hell out of me. And I was thinking, like, for your show, we're talking about what was the first horror movie that you watched and I honestly can't remember like so I'm 30 so this when this came out I I feel like I was about 14 when I saw it um, so obviously I've seen scarier things when I was younger but maybe I blocked out the memory in my mind like it's it was too traumatic I, in your brain <laughs> yeah. goodbye yeah but also I didn't like actively look for horror movies my mum didn't like us watching 
messed up stuff anyway. But she didn't have to try very hard. I was like, Nick, please enforce the law, mum, because I don't want to watch this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think I watched Signs because my brother bought... I reckon my brother would have bought the DVD. I reckon that's how it sort of eventuated. Yeah. yeah. So you've got older siblings that put you through hell. Yep. And, like, we're all big cowards. I, I don't think anyone in my family loves horror movies. Oh, wow. But I think Mine's the opposite. For my older brother who's only like four years older than me, but I think for him it was a case of I had to suffer through this, so now you all will as well. <laughs> and it was particularly tough for us because um, we grew up on a farm. So I would watch this movie and then like go to sleep at night and if I opened the curtain, I'd be looking out at like a huge paddock with tall grass and then my brother was a smart ass and he'd like walk down the hallway at night and do like the alien, like the... Oh, no. Like the clicking no. language that they use. and Yeah, big piece of shit. <laughs> big piece um, of shit. <laughs> yeah, Shout out to him. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Daniel. Um, but yeah, no, th- yeah, this movie, it scared me. And probably yeah. the big thing was, I mean, ev- I think everyone's a little bit scared of aliens um, and what, what could possibly be out there. But also, yeah, the big thing was the farm. I think it was the farm. I looked at that setting and I went, holy shit, That's this me. is my life. I'm yeah. next in this alien yeah. invasion. <laughs> yeah. See, I grew so up that, on yeah. the coast, so no... No risk of me getting lucky. You, invaded you by had aliens. the water. <laughs> I had water. <laughs> I could just run into the into the ocean. I reckon I probably started having multiple water glasses around the house <laughs> after watching this movie. <laughs> I just do that anyway, but now yeah, I know just why. Gotta stay protected. Yeah, I have like a colony. The aliens of, that could be there at any time. Yeah, I have a colony of water glasses <laughs> in my room all the time. It's like should clean that up, but not yeah. also want to survive. Exactly. I mean, half of it's laziness, but now I can just like deflect and say it's because of aliens. And yeah. it's just, I can just justify keeping them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the film released in, yeah, 2002. So we would have been, oh, I turned 13 that year. So. Yeah, I think I would have been the same. Yeah. Yep. And it had a budget of $72 million, which. Isn't too bad for then. Pretty hefty back then, yeah. But it, That's sort of your... I think your bigger films back then were probably around the 100 mark. Yeah. So it was it was pretty decent, mm. actually, for, for what it is, which is essentially like a, for the most part, a one-location sort of movie. I honestly yeah. I wonder how much of that budget was the upfront fee for Mel Gibson. I was, I was about to say the same. Yeah. Like, how much did they pay Mel Gibson? <laughs> Mel Gibson, early 2002, he would have been getting like 20 million a movie or something, Easy. I reckon. So let's say yeah. they had a budget of fifty-two million. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. So good job, though. Joaquin. Joaquin. How do you say his name? Yeah, jo- Joaquin. Joaquin. That's right. Yeah. I'm such a. I hope. I think. <laughs> I just as soon as I see that, I'm like, that's how you say it. Yeah. That's how. You, yeah, it's a it's it. a funny name. Why would you? Say All his family have interesting names. Oh really? Well, there was. Now I've said that I've forgotten what they all are, but I think you got Joaquin, and then you had River Phoenix, yes, yeah. and I think. I think Autumn Phoenix was oh, another one. Nice. And, um, Joaquin isn't actually, or oh, wasn't his birth name. He, no. he was something else, which I cannot Probably remember like now, but it was Jack something to do something. with nature. Oh. <laughs> no, it was something It was something sort of out there. Oh, yeah. I'm going to Google and that And then later. for some reason he was like, I need a more serious name and I'm going to choose Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to spell it nothing like how it's said. <laughs> Fuck. Good on him. But yeah, exactly. So it actually... Hmm. it grossed pretty high at the box office at 408 million which is pretty yep. good so they earned their Mel Gibson money back 
Yeah, I think it. I at the time it was definitely his second most successful movie, uh, M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, because he had the Sixth Sense, which was enormous. I love and then, that movie um, so much. I, st- I haven't seen it because I'm a coward, but <laughs> I still really think good. that Signs is his second second highest grossing film. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, at that time, because I, then the happening I would, happened. I would say that it is probably his last great film. I was going to say, pro- yeah. Although yeah. I really, I mean, I haven't seen all his stuff, but I've seen the happening, and it's not good. <laughs> no. um, and I've seen the last Airbender, and it's dreadful. I have. I just horrible. refuse to watch it. Oh, it's, have you seen the, the show? No. Oh, the <laughs> show is like one I of the greatest things it. ever made. And then the movie is just like this huge piece of shit. <laughs> that you're just like, what the fuck? How, how did this come of this? How? Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like he didn't even... He said he was a big fan of the show, but then you watch his movie. And even just like little details, which annoy fans, where he like they pronounce the characters' names incorrectly. Oh. Like in the show... He's the Avatar. Yeah. And then in the movie, everyone calls him the Avatar. And it's like, what the Are hell? Are they Canadian? Ah, oh, who knows? It's like, do you like this thing or not? Hates and it. I don't think he did. He fucking yeah. hates it. So he was just like, let's ruin the shit out of it. But Signs came out at a, a pretty good time for him because he was riding the wave of The Sixth Sense. Yeah. And actually, I often forget Unbreakable is a really good film too. Mm. I really liked um, Unbreakable. That he did with Bruce Willis and, and Samuel L. Jackson. But he followed like, that that's up a great with... Film. Um, he did The Village just after this. And I liked The yeah. Village. I've never seen oh, it. Oh, it's good. Because I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But did he... He did like a twist ending, didn't he? Again? Yeah. That's his thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But there was so a really I think the fatigue in set in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, if you want to call it a twist, it's that water defeats the aliens, I guess, is his twist ending. But then... Because I think... That's disappointing. A lot of people were disappointed with the ending. Yeah. And then he did The Village, and then I think he, he did another twist ending, and people were like, all right, this is a bit of a one-trick pony here. And then he kind of just kept doing twist endings, yeah. and people were like, come on, man. Let's do something else. Although he did yeah. um, Lady in the Water, which I haven't seen yet. But yeah, I haven't. I, <laughs> I don't even know if it's a horror no. movie, but if it's... Uh, oh, I, I saw the trailer, and I was like, nah, not for me. Scary. It's a scary <laughs> vibe, whether it's a horror or not. <laughs> Too spooky. <laughs> it's a lady in the water. That's too much for me. <laughs> it's my Shyamalan. Who knows what she's doing? Lady in the water. No. Out. <laughs> yeah. Done. Not today. So, yeah. um, it got, actually, it scored 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, which blew my mind. That's pretty good. Were you expecting worse or well, better? Well, it's Rotten Tomatoes, so worse. Hmm. Uh, like, I, I could, personally, I'd go higher. I mean, I just rewatched it uh, the day before yesterday. Yeah. And on Letterboxd, I, I really debated whether to give it a five. I really, I, I wanted to. But you got to cherish your fives, I think. You yeah. can't just be throwing them out. I gave it a four and a half because the ending's pretty wacky, I think. Yeah, the ending. The, the, wending, the ending yeah. <laughs> is pretty good. But, like, <laughs> so much of it, I think, is such a beautifully constructed movie. Yeah, absolutely. Like, of the films of his that I've seen, this is clearly his best. Yeah. Having not seen Sixth Sense. Well, you haven't Sense. seen Sixth Sense. I, yeah. That movie is phenomenal. And um, mm. I would have watched it... I would have been quite young when I watched it because my dad actually wanted to see it because it had um, Bruce Willis. And yeah. my dad loves Bruce Willis. So we had mm-hmm. to obviously watch um, The Sixth Sense. But, um, yeah. oh man, there's this one scene where um, I think a ghost pukes everywhere. 
and I That's have a weak good. stomach, and so I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was like, oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. There's a decaying person vomiting everywhere. This is disgusting. And so um, You didn't see it in the cinema, did you? No, no. We, no, we no. rented it yeah, on VHS. Yeah. Because I think it went... That would have come out like 20 years ago, I think. Yeah, easy. And I think I remember that because on Hamish and Andy, they interviewed M. Night Shyamalan about revealing the twist ending, and he said... You can't reveal it until twenty years after the movie comes out. Oh. So then, on an episode of their show, it was twenty years to the day it came out, and they just started like calling people and telling oh, them. No. <laughs> <laughs> and when they're like, "But it's fine," because he said we could. It's twenty years, yeah. and so do you yeah. know the ending? Oh yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. you found it. I mean, in terms of, should we? I'd, we may as well. Maybe we shouldn't talk about it no. in case no one's seen. It, you, ha- you have to. Um, but everyone yeah, has to watch it. It's exactly what it. I think I've heard. It is. I'm assuming yeah. that's. Here's my question to you. Uh, Knowing me, knowing the ending, the twist, will I still enjoy the film? Yes. Or is so much of the film okay? Um, right. A lot of it is, it hangs on that twist ending, but mm-hmm. it is a really, really good movie, and um, okay. lots of character arcs, and yeah, because you get to know each of the people um, that this kid sees, and that is really is, nice. Is it a horror film? Um, I think it's more suspense thriller. But the fact that he... Does it get put in that category, though? No, I think it gets put in horror. Oh, okay. Like, I'd consider right, it a yeah. horror movie, so... Maybe I'll, I'll make the Scaredy Boys watch it. Yeah, do it. It's oh, it's just yeah. such a good movie. It really yeah. is. I'm gonna Maybe I'll watch mm. that tonight. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a movie, I, I'm a comfort person, so, like, I hate yeah. watching new things. I like watching things I've already seen before, because then I know the yeah, ending, okay. and nothing can take yeah. me by surprise. No, I totally understand that. I've got like a long list of, of new things that I want to watch. Oh, yeah. But half the time you sit down on the couch and you just think, man, I just want to watch Hot Fuzz again I or, just want to watch or Paddington. Forensic Files. Um. I'll tell you what the best film to watch after a scary movie is, and it's Paddington. It's Paddington. I haven't even seen yeah. that movie. Because uh, it's the most joyous, big-hearted movie in the world. I've and actually the sequel is somehow even better. The sequel's like... Up there with the very best films I've ever seen in my life. It's ridiculous. Okay, I'm going to have to watch them. But it'll make you feel good. Like, so yeah. if you watch a horrible horror movie that make that you just feel sick, put Paddington well, on and to everything me. will be fine. I feel... Oh, really? <laughs> That's lucky. I feel like after I watch a horror movie, I'm like, oh, that was really good. That was No, great. I have to watch like two comedies oh. before I can go to bed. <laughs> no, I just watch an episode of Forensic Files or The First 48, Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, jeez. Right. That's my, un- my, my debrief. Nerves of steel over here. No, I just... I'm not a comedy person. Yeah, okay. Like, uh, yeah. I I can sit through a comedy movie, but I'd prefer to mm-hmm. watch a horror movie. Yeah, fair enough. It's just... Uh, You're doing the right podcast. It's co- yeah. It's like I said, yeah. it's comfort. It's like a, yeah. a thing that I just... I'm like, I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. Regardless of See, what I've it never does. Heard of, and... I can't fathom horror as a comfort. It's <laughs> <laughs> just crazy i actually started watching a tv series uh on netflix with sarah paulson called ratchet oh, and yeah. my sister's yep. watching it and she's not the kind of person that really likes that kind of stuff and she mm. was describing it to her husband and she's like look if you saw me watching it you'd be like emily what the fuck are you watching what is this i was like and that's not what this, this show isn't like that at all what the hell are you talking is it scary um it's intense yeah, okay, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> that's code for scary. <laughs> it's, there's, like, no horror themes 
Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, like I said, it, it's intense because there's like medical procedures and yeah. lobotomies happening. Yeah, none of that. And, yeah. Have you watched The Haunting of Hill House? I'm halfway through season one. And in terms of uh, scariness, how do you rate that? Probably about Is that quite seven scary? or an eight. Supernatural horror yeah, okay. scares me. For me, that's like a hundred. <laughs> uh, the Hill, Haunting of Hill House is probably the scariest thing I've ever seen. I'm really enjoying it, though. I, I think I'm up yeah. to episode four. Where uh, Have okay, you watched yeah. Are you watching it? <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, where no, I've seen, yeah. you're finding out about the daughter's um, ability to like communicate telepathically, not but under, like yep. know people, and I was like, I really like yep. that. So There is an episode. I can't remember which one. Uh, you'll you'll find it at some point. Um, <laughs> it has a moment that uh, that killed me. Like I thought I was dead. It, it, it's a it's a jump scare, and it was so scary. I'll let you know when I find I just, it. <laughs> I just wanted I wanted to die to be to be finished with the show. It was That's, so bad. My grandma watched it without me, and mm. I said to her, "It would have been only a couple of weeks ago because I started. I watched one episode, and then I just didn't get into it." And someone said to me, it's a slow burn, like, just keep watching. And so I said to my grandma, oh, you know, did you did you watch all of it? Did you enjoy it? And she's like, oh, fuck no, I didn't finish that. It's, like, too scary. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, it gets, it gets scarier. Yeah. I mean, it starts scary. I remember the first episode, I was like, what? I turned to my girlfriend and said, why, why did we decide to watch this? What, what are we doing? <laughs> See, my partner and I'd be watching it together, but we live two hours away from one another. And so we don't mm. watch a lot of the same shows together, except for the boys. We watch that together, and that's yep. it. So, season- have you watched season two? No, we've been meaning to get into no. it, but he. Um, yeah, I've, I've only seen the first season. It was awesome. Yeah, it's oh, the first season was so good. Mm. I just want every. I hope this season's just as good. It's gonna be. It's just such a good show. <laughs> mm. Who's the? It's a good concept. Who's the main actor in it? Um, Carl Urban. Carl Urban, that's right. Um, yeah, freaking Kiwi. The dude He's from the Lord best. of the Rings. Yeah. Whatever. And he was Dredd. Yeah, I it's couldn't think Dredd. of his yeah. name. Yeah, Judge Dredd. Oh, that, that movie's great too. Hmm. Oh, goodness. So many movies. Actually, Dredd's a, Dredd's a weird one to be like, yeah, yeah, remember him from Dredd? You don't see his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a mask. <laughs> but his voice, like he's still got that yeah. um, very commanding voice. All he could be Batman. He should be Batman. Yeah. yeah. He should be in everything. I'm a big fan of Carl yeah. Levin. I love him. He's fantastic. Oh, I have so many movies to watch now. I can hear my grandma <laughs> friggin' talking out in the living room. Just give me one second. Yeah, no worries. Again. Alright, I'm back. Um, the other night, she was on the phone to my mum on Facebook Messenger, like yelling into the phone. And I thought something mm. was going down in my house. And so I got up out of bed. Like, she woke me up. I could sleep through the apocalypse. <laughs> like, I could. I, you couldn't wake me. I sleep like the dead. Mm. And so I go into her room and I'm like, what is going on here? And she's like, oh, I'm just on the phone to your mum. I was like, I thought you were being murdered. <laughs> and now I know why I'm such a foghorn. 
Anyway. <laughs> All jokes aside. Um, let's uh, let's dive into the the movie. So, yep. um, I took heaps of notes last night because I was like, I've got to write about all the things that I really love in this, and mm-hmm. um, all I love that Abigail Breslin Breslin is in this film. She is so tiny and so cute. It's her first movie, I wonder. Yes, yeah, it was. Well, it was her acting a, debut. Yeah, her performance is awesome. She's so adorable, and I really like her as an actress now. And oh, yep. she was just so cute. So um, yeah, she was great. The um, the f- opening scene, they um, it's just like a he's in his house doing dad things, picking things up. He wakes yep. up, and what I because I did some research as well, like I was reading what other people said about the movie and whatnot. And in the opening scene, you the movie opens with a faded outline of a cross above his bed. And then we find out later that he is a, an ex-preacher. He's he's left the church, and yep. so there's a scream out in the front yard. Front yard, because like a farm has a front yard. They don't doesn't really have a front or a back, does it? It's funny. <laughs> Actually, that is funny that the farmhouse doesn't have like a side yard. The kids are only ever playing like in the front. Yeah. Like, how come they're not in the back? What's out the it's back? really quite strange. Now I need to know what's out. I'm back. sure it's like a budget film decision where it's like, no, no, everything's happening in front of the house. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Or maybe farms are just like that in America. Maybe the back is surrounded by cornfields. Is it a cornfield? I yes. can't even think what the field is. I think now. it's a cornfield corn because um, yeah. Shyamalan wanted to do a cornfield because crop circles usually come up in um, wheat. It, because it's you know it's easy to form and he's like, easier to cut. Yeah, yeah. If we let's do it in the cornfield because it's really hard to do what we're getting like it's really hard to make a crop circle in corn. So it'll be even scarier if we make a crop <laughs> funny, circle in corn. I didn't even. Notice. I don't think. Well, I certainly didn't notice. No. So I don't think anyone noticed. No. Maybe some farmers in America were like, "Damn, well done, filmmakers. That's <laughs> that's good." I think anyone else. Yeah, I just assumed. A field is a field. Or it's the guy from Ancient Aliens. He's just like, that's hard to do. You can't do a crop circle in a cornfield. Probably consulted him and he went, you better do that for my respect. (laughs) I love Ancient Aliens. I don't know if you watch it. (laughs) No, I'm aware of it. It's brilliant. The title title puts me off. Aliens? Yeah, it's got aliens in it. I'm like, nah, that's not for me. Where's where's Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Let's have some comedy. There's something funny. (laughs) Um, so they all rush out to the house and Bo, who is played by Abigail Breslin, is, you know, she's saying Morgan, who is played by Rory Culkin, who is Macaulay Culkin's brother. And he was actually in Lords of Chaos, which you probably haven't seen. (laughs) I haven't, no. But he's in Scott Pilgrim. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I know him from. Yeah. And from this, obviously. Yes. And he was in Scream 4 as well. Oh, okay. I've only seen Scream 1. Yeah, me too. Got to work my way through that franchise. Yeah, I really want to watch 5 when it comes out in January. So, well, I saw a poster for 5 recently. and I Wait, did you say January? Yeah, January 14th. That's wild because I just saw an announcement the other day about cast members yeah. signing on to it. Yeah, so they... And we're in September and that's coming out in January. Yeah. Jesus. So, they've, I think they've had the movie obviously done, ready to go. Ah, uh, so they're not going to be, they're not going to be main characters. They are, yeah. So the what? thing is, like, I don't, I don't think they're. I think that I feel like they've been BTS filming 
and now okay. just doing the press circuit for it by saying, uh, yeah, they're all coming back, but they've already been back all right. filming. That's my all right. No, well, that, that would make sense. <laughs> that, that'd be the only way you could make a January release. Yeah, absolutely. My God. I mean, I know horror is like, quicker to put together sometimes, but far out. Yeah, especially... But anyway, the poster I saw was incredible, and then I realised it wasn't even like an official poster. No, it was just one that somebody the made. made. One, and where it should it's be like the, um, yeah. the road going the into Ghostface yeah. Mouth. Yeah, so cool. That's so good. It looks great. They should pay that artist and make that the poster. Yeah, because I went to share it's it, and I was like, poster. oh, wait, this isn't an official poster. i got to relax. Yeah. And so... um. <laughs> Anyway, so Rory Culkin, a.k.a. Morgan, is out in the field and he says, I think God did it. <laughs> because, you know, there's these ma- this massive circle in the middle of their crops. Yep. And um, it looks really cool because they do this massive pan out and you see the whole symbol. Yeah, it's great. Helicopter shot. It looks cool. It's, it's, it's not really... I don't find it to be like a chilling moment. No. Interestingly enough, but the music I don't know what they're it. trying for it to be. Uh, can we just talk about the music in this? <laughs> Far out. Yes. This is brilliant. I've made this so is many like notes iconic about the music. <laughs> horror music for me. And I was, it was interesting. I was watching uh, a film called Mirrors. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, one. I am aware, but I haven't seen it. We watched it for Scaredy Boys, and it's starring Kiefer Sutherland. And basically, there's an evil mirror, and it's. I, I couldn't stand it. I thought it was a bad film. But in that film, there are scenes where he's walking around like an abandoned department store. It's like a real horror um, setting. It's quite spooky. But they're just playing like this orchestra, like cinematic music that's like really grand. And it's like, this is why I love signs so much because in that moment, it would just remove all sound. Yeah. Because there's nothing scarier than a character's footsteps crunching over something and something blowing, the wind blowing something behind you. That's what horror is. You've got to create the environment. And this movie mirrors just like flooded it with like piano and organs. And I'm like, what are you doing? No. This isn't scary. So yeah, you, sound, yeah. Uh, Signs is superb. And it, it's a pretty simple score. Yeah. I don't think there's much to it. It's a pretty recurring thing. But they just use it. They utilize it so well. And I feel like Shyamalan does that in all his films with sound. Yep. And mainly, I yep. also feel like the absence of sound yeah, that that's that's me. a great point. I respect a filmmaker a lot for the way they use silence. Yeah, and I think that a lot of filmmakers are probably scared to do it, but it's like you shouldn't no, be because that's it. the scariest thing. Build that and you atmosphere. have a character in a setting and they don't know what the hell's going on. The scariest thing is silence. Absolutely. Yeah. So signs is great for that. Mm. It's one of the best parts of the film. Yeah. The the, the sound design. The or um, lack of sometimes. The composer was uh, James Newton Howard, and he did Dark Knight, King Kong, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them. So. You know, he, he's done quite some... He's a pro. Yeah. A legend. And basically, Shyamalan said to him, go out and look at, um, like, Hitchcocky, like Hitchcockian films yeah. and use, um, you know, that, uh, the presence of music the same way that Hitchcock did in, um, mm-hmm. like, Psycho and, and um, The Birds, which I haven't seen either of those. But, um, yeah, and I think that... He kind of just really built the, that atmosphere with the sound, especially like being out in the middle of nowhere, not hearing things would be scary, you know? <laughs> like Oh, yeah. I mean, growing up on a farm, like that's the scariest thing is like what we would grow up and call farm noises. It was just like the house creaking or yeah. something out in the field, like just random noises that when you're in the city, you don't notice because it's just... 
well, in the city, sometimes you're flooded with noise, cars and all sorts of traffic and every, just everything. But yeah. out, out there, yeah. Oh, I'm actually, I'm in love with the sound design of this film. It's it's off its head. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, yeah. And the and the cinematography too, like not just. Ah, oh, superb. Everything was just great. And he, he doesn't um, use CGI because Shyamalan's not a mm. huge fan of CGI. And I think um, that's why they don't really show the aliens in this film as well. So. Well, it's also that, I think that Jaws element where, which was a must, like, are you, are you familiar with the backstory of Jaws? Kind of. They didn't intend to make it that way. It's just the mechanical shark they had malfunctioned. And so <laughs> suddenly Spielberg's like, well, how the hell are we supposed to do this movie where you can't see the shark? And that obviously became the iconic thing about it is there's all these moments where you, you can't see the, the monster. And so many horror films do that now where that, that's the scariest thing. A lot of horror films lose steam at the end and Signs is one of them. When you yeah. get a, an extended look at the monster and you go, oh, oh. I, why was I so scared? It looks a bit silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So science is really powerful when you just get like, you know, little glimpses of its feet here and there and, and those things. And also the symbolism is so powerful. You mentioned the, the faded cross yeah. before. A lot of the early stuff they build in about religion and faith, which is the thematic through line of the movie yeah. really is a man's faith. Uh, it's just beautiful. Like that, that stuff is so good. The setups at the start of the film, they're, they're just crazy. They actually give you everything you need to know for the film. You... You learn that uh, it doesn't spoon feed you either. Yeah. You get enough information to know that oh. he was a priest. Yeah. And like, you know, when he says to the cop, don't call me father yeah. anymore. And you're like, okay, something's happened. He's given up on his faith. He doesn't want to be a priest. You learn very early on that Morgan has asthma. Yeah. He's having his puffer. Bo's got a thing with water. She's leaving water everywhere. The dogs are acting funny. What's going on there? They're not normally like that. Yeah. So, and I even, love the um, setup. The even the police great. officer is saying before... Um, when they realise that the dog's been acting weird, the police officer says to Graham, oh, you know, animals have been acting crazy, you know, they're even wetting themselves. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wait, my dog did that. What yeah. the hell? And but you he, see doesn't that tell her, he doesn't tell her no. that. But you just see the look on his face. It's really strong filmmaking. Yeah. And also, the o police officer's great too because she gives the kid the suggestion, oh, why don't you use a baby monitor yeah. for a walkie-talkie? And the baby monitor obviously is a recurring thing. Yeah. All sorts of stuff. It's really This is a really, powerful. really strong opening. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, this is when I actually... So when I realised there were dogs in the film, I was like, fuck. Well, now I'm going to have to check the website, does the dog die yeah. in this movie? Because <laughs> I was like, yep. I've got I to check this. And then two minutes later... Um, Probably before it even loaded. Yeah. Then, oh, bam. Houdini is killed with... Um, uh, a, a brutal, brutal stabbing, one. Which you don't. Yeah. I mean, you don't see the action, but Thank you goodness. see the, the result. Yeah. And also, th there's one later that we don't see, but... Yeah. It still sucks to hear it happening. I was just like, oh, because I honestly haven't seen this movie probably since the first time that I watched it. And I think it yep. just set this like thing in my head where I was like, oh, I'm not going to watch that again. Yep. It's a good movie. No, I don't want to do it again. Mm -hmm. And yep. so when I was watching this, it's like I was watching it all over again for the first time, which was awesome because I was like, I don't remember this happening. I obviously didn't analyze it as much as what I would have watching it 15 years ago. And yep. it was just really, it's just so powerful. And, you know, you, at the start, they don't talk about what has happened to his wife, but there's some really strong dialogue with him and his daughter in one of the scenes just after um, after the, the dog's killed. And I think it's the next morning or that afternoon. And Bo asks 
uh, Graham, you know, why do you talk to mum when you're by yourself? And he says, you know, oh, yeah. it makes me feel good. And, and you know, does she ever respond to you? Do, you? do you ever get an answer? And she says, you know, don't worry, I never get an answer either. And I was like, yeah. that's a four-year-old. That's a really heartbreaking scene. Yeah. And that's not um, the only heartbreaking scene in this movie. Like, Oh, no. It's off it. Like, I love a horror movie that has a lot of heart. And yeah. this this just, through the setup and through all the scenes, just it's just about a family. And that's what's really beautiful about it is that um, you care deeply about the, the family. Yeah. And so when the shit really hits the fan later on, you just, oh, it, it crushes you, really. Yeah. It's 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 great filmmaking. It's I'm actually brilliant. I'm really in awe of this. And then I watch some of his later stuff, and I go, "What happened to you, man?" What because you, you had such a strong grasp on what you were doing. Yeah, absolutely. I like um because that's I think it's that same night that Graham sees a figure out on their barn roof, and yep. I love this scene. Like it just <laughs> cracked me up because you know him and his brother Merrill, who's played by um Joaquin, is saying, you know, you got to you got to curse you got to curse. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't think I can do it. And he yeah. runs out and they're running around the house and he's screaming that he's um, insane with anger. And that he's, <laughs> That's you know, literally, yeah. I'm um, insane with anger. And he's like running around By the, the end, house. though, he gets into it. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's and funny. You kind of see uh, even in the doorway, you know, when they're in the doorway yeah. and he's like, um, explain cursing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just drum everything out to it. He's like, it's got to be natural. <laughs> Like, just say yeah. whatever. Just be crazy. And it was just... Explain crazy. Yeah. It was just such a cool moment between the brothers. And, and there yeah. are so many moments where you see that um, they're both learning from one another. Yeah. And learning about each other. And it's just really but nice. But prior to that comedy gold, the actual... It's probably the first scare of the movie. The first jump scare, I guess, is when he looks up. Because the daughter, I think, has woken him up and said, there's a monster oh, outside yeah. my window. Can I have a glass of water? And then he's like, uh, whatever. And he sits her down and then he sees this figure. Yeah. Which in my memory, in my memory, that was always such a quick flash. Yeah. But rewatching it, they linger on that shot for long enough for you to be like, oh, that's not a man at all. That's not a dude. Like, this is fucked. How did you see a dude? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But my, and then, I love that <laughs> the people that they think are doing this is Lionel Pritchard and the Wolfington Brothers. <laughs> It's just such a random name. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Who are these yeah. people? But apparently, I but think they're local gangbangers or something. <laughs> one of the one of the things I thought about when this movie ended was that whole thing of that the aliens take on like that they're um, very camouflaged. Yeah. Whatever they're standing in front of, that's what you see. Yeah. And it means that the next time I watch this movie, if Shyamalan has used CGI. They're going to be in a lots of. They're going to be in lots of shots. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's actually scary to think about because there's often times where like a character's looking out into the the cornfield and you can't see anything. No. But I wonder if you were to slow it down and zoom in, if you're seeing like a little reflective movement or something. Oh God. I hope he's done that because that would be like I love little like layered things like that that reward further viewings. Yeah, and I feel but like geez, it'll scare do me. That. It scares me to think about it. <laughs> it could be in any any freaking room in any scene. <laughs> Like they camouflage, they're, they're everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bo continues to fill the house with half cups of glasses, and I love this because this is where they had the police officer over again, and they're like, "It's Lionel Pritchard doing this," and Graham's yep. like running around picking up all these water glasses, and I was like, "That's and me. I am Bo." <laughs> 
Because I swear my grandma's like following behind me half of the time, like putting all my cups away. And I used to have yep. like, um, I, I had a, I had like four pump bottles on my desk at one point and like a big two litre, um, I don't know what they are, like a flask kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. I sent a picture to my sister, and I was like, "Oh, look at the family of water bottles on my on my desk." And her reply was, "How can you be happy? The lids are on the wrong bottles." Because one of them was like a a raspberry flavored one, and so I had yeah. a purple lid on a blue bottle, and that was enough for my sister. She was like, "I can't deal with this. Yeah, this that is was horrific." Crazy. <laughs> and so, um, and. Because I hadn't seen the movie, I was like, maybe the water means something. <laughs> yeah. It's got to mean something, because I hadn't seen it for so long. I was just like, I can't remember what the water means. And Yeah, I think with the benefit of hindsight and knowing how well the start of this movie is structured with all the different setups, like it, it, you feel like an idiot for not yeah. picking the water. You know what I mean? And I think maybe that's it's not the It's not the only time they mention it. There's other bits that we'll get to later in the movie where they continue to mention yeah. little clues about the water. Like it, it, Maybe the ending shouldn't be as derided as it is. Like, mm. Because it's, it's, it's not like some... I've seen monster movies where there's no setup for the quick little fix at the end that does it. It's just like some miracle idea that, oh, there's its weakness. Whereas Signs has at least made the effort to, from the very Slam beginning, the foreshadow everything. Yeah. So... I'll give it credit for that. Yeah, but I mean, they could have set that up a little bit better at the like not yeah. set it up, but um, execute it better at the end. Is it in this scene when the the police officer is great? Yeah, um, I think it's Cherry Jones is the actress. She's I awesome. Think so yeah, she's basically like it's almost a funny scene where yeah. <laughs> they can't describe anything. Like so you. You thought it was a man, and she kind of implies that maybe it was like a, you know, what was it? He called her some of those, some of those Swedish Olympians, the Scanadi- quite um, tall, Scandinavian stuff like that. Olympian yeah. high Scandinavian, jumper. yeah. Because <laughs> Meryl, even to the point where, as well. yeah, Meryl kind of like gets annoyed about it, but then I don't know. This cop, she's such a great character that yeah. Meryl's even like he feels bad and he goes, "I'm sorry that I didn't. I'm sorry." And she's like, "That's all right." She says, "I don't appreciate sarcasm." <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like Where it you. feels like she's been very yeah. sarcastic. <laughs> she's good. Is it in this scene? Because I, I never noticed this when I watched this previously until the rewatch. I think it's really great. Is the dog is not feeling well, and um, Mel Gibson's character says, uh, "I'll, I'll call the doctor." And one of the kids says, but "He doesn't work with pets. He's a human." Oh, uh, that was He's like he'll know what to do. Yeah, that was. And I start. never got that. And then I'm like, that's actually great because what we learn is that. The, the, the vet in the town is the guy that killed yeah. their mother. <laughs> like I never actually picked that up, and that's really cool too. It's so clever. I didn't notice that, actually, until yeah. last night when I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's why they didn't call It's really well him. done. Mm. Yeah, no, that was at the, that was at the start, because that was Houdini, mm. and then he died just after that part, So because yep. he was trying to kill Bo. Um, yep. And so, basically, they're... Um, uh, so, this is where we find out that he's left the church because um, Officer Padsky said, Pasky says, you know, um, maybe it's someone who's angry at you for leaving the church. Yeah. And so I really like how the little bits of information are seeded throughout the whole movie without giving you this sad story straight away and being like, oh, boohoo, yep. this is what happened. Which is it's it's fine normally, but yep. I really am 
impressed with the delivery of the information and the small parts because it comes in flashbacks and nightmares and comments from other people and the kids yep. and it's just a really well thought out and structured way of delivering that part of the narrative. Well, it's that classic show don't tell mm. storytelling, really, where whenever he, whenever M Night Shyamalan can just let the visuals and the performances of the family speak yeah. for themselves, he just lets it happen, and then he'll just drip feed you a couple of things. Even the flashback to showing Graham talking with his wife, um, we just get drip fed that for the entire film, and you're just like, and it's happened? actually. Tell me. And the way they do it is really clever. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. If they'd shown that at the start and then done a little callback to it at the end, it would have nowhere near as much power as it does. Yeah. So, yeah, drip-feeding information. And this isn't a plot-heavy film either. This no. is a very, very simple film. Family discovers crop circles. Weird things happen. That That's the movie. Alien invasion, like, defeat aliens, yeah. and a movie. Done. And And it's clever too in that we learn that it's happening across the country and all over the world. But the point of view of the entire event is through the family. Yeah. The only other snippets we get are, again, when we're, we're drip-fed information through other forms of media. And that's it. And I think that's really great. great about it. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of the reviews that I read um, were applauding how it was all through the eyes of this one family rather than... Yep. Other movies when we see like War, uh, War of the Worlds and, you know, we're meeting all these different complex characters and they're trying to yep. build these relationships and um, uh, like extending that circle to other yep. people. You know, in this film, it's just the family and then you've got the office officer, um, yep. Ray Reddy, and the girl yep. at the pharmacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the strongest stories... <laughs> She's fucking I, cracks me up. I was just gonna say, I think that the strongest stories have the smallest stakes, and like this is obviously a worldwide event where we're looking at an invasion, but because we're just looking at it and the stakes primarily through the point of view of this family and what happens to them, I think that's way more powerful. Yeah, and I've, I find the same thing, and this is a complete leap into something else. But you have like a superhero movie, and. I think the best superhero movies are the ones where they're very small personal stakes rather than this this bad guy wants to enslave the entire world. Yeah. The things that are quite small, always better. Yeah, the ones where it's... Because we can relate to them, I think. Absolutely. I mean, not that you can't relate to the end of the world. No. But it just feels like <laughs> such a... Well, this year it doesn't feel like such a far-flung thing, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Could when things are, are small, <laughs> When things are small and personal, it's, it's so easy to sort of get on board with it. And this yeah. film gives you... Um, with the family, four different characters who all have their own different things. But yes, the girl at the pharmacy. I'd forgotten how funny this movie was. Yeah. It's actually it's got it's some great. genuinely funny things in the first half. Yeah, hour. I love it. And um, what is she? Oh, what I is also she love. I just about? sorry. Oh, she's talking about how many times she's cursed. Oh, yeah, that's and right. She says, and she's she says, father is is douchebag a curse? And he goes, he's so uncomfortable. He's like, yes. depends on the context. And then, um, I can't remember what her context is, but he goes, yeah, that's a curse. And she goes, oh, in that case, it's not 31 curses, it's 72. And he's like, oh, God. Oh, get me out of here. <laughs> oh, it's so good, too. And then he goes to his family and says, I don't want any of you to hang out with her again. <laughs> Nobody go near her. I spending time with her. Like... <laughs> oh, the, I love, I thought it was so funny, the old man who runs the <laughs> bookshop. 
just complaining about it's not an invasion it's not aliens it's just they're trying to sell soda yeah as i've seen 12 soda commercials and then the kids are off talking and a minute later he goes 13 another one <laughs> yelling at the and i feel like those because they're not intertwined directly into that family's life that it's a nice little snapshot of other people's experiences in the town without having to build that relationship between the two it's just like yep. a glimpse of everyday life for that family and what they come into Definitely. contact with. And you need some of that. You need a bit of comedy in oh, a film like this. You can't just have up. unrelenting dread. And obviously the family have lost the mum six yeah. months earlier. So they're not in a, a jokey mood. So you do need these the townspeople to funny, um, but... sort of be cracking up. And it's in the and bookstore yeah. that um, <laughs> Morgan is saying that Bo has always had this thing with water. Yes, so you learn about the water more, and he buys the book about aliens, aliens, I think, which becomes a pretty crucial thing. So yeah, it's just the film just keeps, just keeps you know setting things up. It's just building and building and building, and it's great. And it's also oh, then they have the great scene. They're at the um, they're having pizza. Yeah, and and they see Ray. Is it Ray? Yeah, Ray Ready. Yeah, yeah. They see Ray Ready, and they don't even tell you, like they don't say. There's the man that killed our mum. It's just one That's of the kids him, says, "Is that him?" Yeah, and then another one says, "Yep." And then they all just look at him, and it's a, it's really powerful. Yeah, and saying he just gets doing in it in as little words as like, possible. Uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, and it's a. <laughs> I'd never felt this before, but that little tweak too, when you look at him get in his car and you go, "Oh man, that's a new car," because his <laughs> car got wrecked when he killed their mum. It's fucked up. Yeah. Fuck. Brutal. I didn't even notice that he was in a new car. Like I did. Oh yeah. That wasn't something that clicked in my head. Mine, I just watched his face, like, yeah, um, terrified. It's worth noting that that is M Night Shyamalan. It is, yes. I, yeah, yeah. I should, we should have mentioned that. And who um, he plays just such likes a, to bob up in his own films. He actually does a really good job. Yeah, and he just, um, he, I read somewhere that he cast himself in that role to make the film more personal for him. Because, um, you know, he wanted to play a scene where um, he plays a very key role, but not a, you know... Not um, a big role. Not a big role. Yeah, exactly. And um, so when they filmed that scene, it was actually... Mel Gibson didn't know that Shyamalan was going to play that role, for starters. Yeah. And so he came in and was just like, hey... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but there's a scene... But yeah, he did, he did really well. Yeah. There's a scene further on that we'll get to, but they actually filmed that the day after September 11. Hmm. And that's yep. just intense to think about. The um, Yeah. Like being able to concentrate and fulfil your role while mm. all you can think about is the fact that this incredibly devastating event has happened. And now, it's a devastating scene too. Yeah, and now we're doing a devastating scene in a movie that is a traumatic and r- global event that's going to impact the yep. entire world. So the mm-hmm. context even around the time that they were filming it was really you know, volatile and um, emotionally charged and, um, yeah, uh, overwhelming for everybody. Mm, definitely. It would have been so hard. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's, mm. I'm surprised they didn't just like shut filming down. I'm really surprised as well. I think maybe um they just were too far into it already, or possibly yeah. Yeah, they weren't sure what was going on. Um, the 
world didn't really know what was going on then, I guess. No. Um, so this scene, they all go home. And yep. that's when they have the baby monitor. And yeah. um, Oh, just, just sorry, Kat, yeah, just no. prior to that, we have like a real crucial one, whereas uh, Meryl visits the the army office, I guess. Uh, to... Oh, the police office? Is it the police office? I, I felt... thought it was an army oh, guy. I thought, it was I thought he was going to like... I couldn't tell. <laughs> I, was, I always thought he was going to like thinking of signing up for the army. Um, and that's a great scene because you get more set up. You have the army guy recognise him as being the the record holder for the longest um, minor longest league. home run, I think. Minor, minor league, league home run. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have another character who is about the same age as Meryl. That's Lionel he, Pritchard. You know, <laughs> oh, that's Lionel Pritchard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There he is. That's what, him. What's their last name again? Lionel Pritchard and the... Wolfington Brothers. And the Wolfington Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah, and he, he lets us know, basically, that Meryl's a bit of a loser, to be yes. honest. Like, yes, he just that. swings at everything. And yeah. he connected with a couple, but he got struck out so many times. And so, yeah, it's this thing that he could be proud of, but also everyone would have assumed he would, you know, make a career out of that, but he couldn't because he wasn't any good. And now he's a bit of a sad sack. And yeah. So that's an, an, that's important, an important scene. scene because yes. Because they're talking about. It's what drives own. Meryl. Yeah. And I really like Meryl as a character because he just doesn't take things too seriously. Yeah. Because he's kind of got to and play he, that role because his brother and is. He cares so... about his. Yeah. And I mean, he's doing his. He's doing a a good thing for his brother. Yeah. You know, and the, 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 the police woman brings that up earlier. Mm. She says, it's such a great thing you're doing, coming back home to help him out. He says, I don't think I'm helping that much. And she goes, trust me, you are. Yeah. And he really is. He's great with the kids too, because sometimes just, sometimes Graham's not emotionally available. No. In the way that I think the kids need their father to be. So it's great to have Meryl there because he's always sort of looking out for them and making yeah. sure nothing's going to happen. But he definitely... So that's, that's great. It's a powerful bond. Mm, he definitely breaks towards the end of the movie and you see oh, yeah. that vulnerability that he's yes. been trying so hard not to let out. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, when you're... When you're well, not that I know... But when a family member passes away, especially a key person like a parent, you want to be as strong as you possibly can. And it yeah. was just really nice to see that shell not be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was very pa- that scene broke my heart. Um, mm. <laughs> so uh, this is the scene where Meryl basically tells Morgan that crop circles are made up by nerds that can't get girlfriends. And he goes on this yep. massive tangent about this, blah, 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 blah. And then... <laughs> I just love how Bo's like, why can't they get girlfriends? <laughs> like, She's so, so innocent and so lovely. <laughs> yeah. And so um, they actually climb out on top of the car and they can hear these voices and um, it's the clicking noise that's yep. so, becomes so it's creepy. creepy. Ugh. Mm. And um, this is where I also made another comment about the music where it's... Um, it's like uh, building a revelation, like a realisation yep. of... And that realisation is Morgan's realisation, that there's something else out there. They're talking to one another. Something is going on. And it feels very directed just in his... Um, like, turning point for believing in life out there. Yeah, because it's clear from that scene that Morgan is the one who... This is confirmation for him. Yeah. Whereas Graham's still like, what the hell is this shit? Why are my kids climbing on my car? Uh, yeah. But but Meryl, I think in that moment, Meryl starts to sort of sway towards believing. Like something's and, I mean, Bo, Bo, I think, is always just there. Bo's like, Bo just eh. seems like, 
for a four-year-old she's just so wise like she she's just, along for the ride yeah but yeah the music it just creeps up on you and it, it's it's great in that scene i remember watching this for the first time and um it was even more scary because i thought that the other baby monitor was in the house and so i thought that it meant that the aliens were in the house yeah. but i think it's just like crossed wires or whatever Ooh, still creepy <laughs> wait is it that, that's what they're implying yeah that yes. it's just like a, a yeah, that signal. they've picked up a radio They're not in the house. They're not in the room next no. to the other. No, I hope not. Okay, yeah, because that's what I thought originally, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is fucked." <laughs> nope, that's a no for me. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this is um, this is like a revelation point for Graham, or it's starting to take off for him in his yep. belief when he um, mm-hmm. his dogs barking out at just barking at the cornfield. And so yep. um, he says, Isabel, you're going to feel really silly when this all turns out to be make-believe. Yep. And But he is hearing the clicking noises in the cornfield. Yep. So he goes in there. Yep. I held my breath for this entire scene because I was oh, like, don't go in idiot. there. Why, I would why never go in there. there? Um, the minute I heard anything fucked, I would have just burnt the cornfield down <laughs> and moved. I would have moved immediately. Just thrown a match. I'm out. Yeah. Done. Cursed farm. Cursed. The corn business has not been kind to us. Let's move on. <laughs> I just want to be like, there's a serial killer in there. Like, I'm going to go in there. Oh. I'm not an idiot. Doesn't even take a weapon. No. He's just like, this is bullshit. I know. This is it. This actually, that bothered me more than anything, probably. Towards, We'll cover it towards the end. But towards the end, they don't, like, they don't weapon up. No. They kind of board the house up. And it's when they're downstairs later that they find an axe to kind of block the door. But at no point do they, like, grab a knife from the kitchen or baseball. But, like, how come Meryl doesn't think to grab the baseball bat as soon as he's aware of the presence of aliens? No. It, it baffles me that they don't get weapons. <laughs> also, it's America. You don't have a gun? Like, I, I, <laughs> it's I, 2002. I get, the, so. I get that Graham wouldn't have a gun because he's probably very anti-violence. But, like, Meryl doesn't have he a doesn't little gun. He doesn't have a handgun little, or something. And his little shack next to the house. Oh, he lives in the shack, does he? I thought yeah, he lived in I the thought house. he lives. No, I think because oh. um, there's the the scene. I think at the very start when Bo's screaming. Oh, and yes. Graham runs down, and then Meryl runs down the stairs from like this little, Thing. I don't know, little little shack, ne- little bungalow next to the oh, house. Wow. Yeah, I've never really. That's just anyway, how much I get pay weapons. attention. Yeah, get, get a weapons knife. and don't go into a cornfield at night. Oh. And so this is like another sound. Um, yes, this is where technique. the sound is at. At its peak, because I don't think mm. there's any music score here. It's it's literally the wind or lack of, the thing and that, his feet crunching yeah, over corn. The thing that really bothered me was that he's walking through the cornfield and you can hear a breeze, but none of the corn is moving. Yeah, I think it's like an alien generated. That's breeze. why I thought I was just like, this is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there wind and no wind? What the fuck? It's probably it's probably the scariest scene. It's really intense. There's one that comes up shortly after that's very frightening. Mm. Um, but yeah, this this yeah th- because of the sound design, I think, and the nighttime setting, and just the fact, the absolute unknown. And it's so great to watch the acting performance too, because he goes from like false bravado to just absolute fear. Yeah, like he's shitting himself. Drop of a hat. Yeah, it shows how easily that facade can be broken. Yeah, well, it's very real, I think. Yeah, like a real reaction, like how. Yeah a non-actor would react in a non-film yeah. um, predicament. And that stupid stupid torch that malfunctions. Oh, and then the alien that clicks next to his ear. Nope. 
Oh. Uh, I nearly threw up. Clicks next to the ear. He, like, um, is, like, right next to his ear. Like, the sound. I, I don't even remember that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jesus. I was uh, done. That's one to go back in slow motion, because I bet you... I bet you that alien's, like, right next to him, and it's just... Well, you don't see the alien. It looks like a cornfield. But you see his... Oh, like, it's, like, focused on his ear, and then you hear yep. the click noise, and he just, like, runs straight back into the house. Oh, it's bullshit. <laughs> also, you, you get the glimpse of the foot. Yes, he sees that. No, that's what made him run. That That's... Yeah. yeah. I think he... Does he fall over? Yes. Trips over. Mm. Torch goes off. He's hitting the torch and then when he comes back on he flings it around and you see this alien's leg popping out of the cornfield and he Yuck. just shits himself and runs Yuck. Oh, you know what so it's actually really frightening so he runs down the the road the path in the cornfield mm. but then he cuts through the cornfield yeah and as soon as he cuts through it my mind just starts thinking we already know it's pre-established in the film already they are quicker than him yeah so if they actually wanted to they could run through and grab you right now yeah it's so scary just to think walk about. Save, save yeah. your energy. They're not coming for you. <laughs> Far out. It's a scary scene. Yeah, because he goes back into the house and it's kind of like, I thought this was the point where he realised that aliens were real. But he's yep. still oh, just goes on That's another great denying. scene. Is that where he, he sits down on the staircase? Yeah. yeah. And he's just yeah. like, turn the news on. Like, turn, turn the news on. I don't even know if he talks in that scene. It's another great um, wordless scene. where He sits down and the kids look up after a little while. I think the kids are washing the dishes. Yes. And they turn around and then Meryl's watching TV and he turns around. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's just like, oh. <sighs> it's like, yeah. shit. And this is That's where... when the movie goes up a gear. Yeah, because um, <laughs> this was another comedic relief. Because, um, so they turn the news on and, you know, Morgan's given the speech about, do you want to be here in the moment of, you know, science and history that changes the world forever and... Um, yep. He goes to record the news over one of Bo's tapes. And she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. And so he's like, yeah. Uncle Merrill, I'm recording over one of your tapes. And it just says swimsuit special. <laughs> it's great. The little details are so good. I was dying. Because I was like, as a kid, when I watched that, I would have been like, oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Actually, that's a good point. <laughs> it wouldn't have really phased me when I first watched it. Yeah, but exactly. now it's like, oh, Merrill. Oh, Merrill, you So creep. funny. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another um we are given another drip feed of information about um yep. graham's wife and um we just see him at the scene of the accident with officer pasky and that's it um yep. he's we don't know what's happened to her um they haven't said anything but he's in his clerical suit when he goes down there and yep. um pasky's you know explaining that ray had fallen asleep behind the wheel and that's basically yeah. the only information we're given and the flashback ends. Yeah. I think by that point, though, we have all the information we know, to yeah. all the information we need to put it together that his wife has been killed in the accident. Mm. Without them even saying Which is it. why it's great that it, it cuts early and it yeah. just gets back to the back to the present, back to the action. Um, back to when Graham goes downstairs. Meryl's under the stairs watching the news to protect mm. the kids. And yep. then he goes into the lounge room and the kids are on the lounge with tinfoil hats on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, that shit I would have done as a kid. Easily. Yep. Easily. Which I think Morgan read from his book, yeah? Yeah. To protect their brains. Yeah, from their thoughts. Which, yep. there's been no indication that the aliens control your thoughts. At all. <laughs> in this movie. So, yep. um... 
This is where, um, so Ray Reddy, well, they get a phone call at the house and Graham yep. thinks it's Ray Reddy or he automatically assumes it's Ray and he goes over to his house and, um, Ray's sitting in his car. Yep. Um, and he's basically, he apologizes to Graham for killing mm. Colleen, his, uh, Graham's wife. Yeah. And, um, this is one of the best scenes in the film. That um, scene, um, was because filmed after he... Shyamalan's grandfather's death. Oh, really? Yeah. And there's lots of little details like this. I also read that Shyamalan, there's a bit later on when Graham's telling the kids about their births. Yeah. Did you read about this? It's about Shyamalan's yeah. that's, kids. That's what happened to his kids. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a very personal it's film. It's amazing. Um, which is great. And that's, that's what I love. Like, you wouldn't, you don't automatically think that when someone says they're making a movie about aliens. Yeah. That it could be their most personal film. But, but it's, it's what you do in. with the humanity of the characters. It's what you give the characters as fuel. And that's yeah. that's really good. And I love this scene with, with Ray. Yeah, because me too. It's brilliant. Graham does not want to talk about his wife. No. Because he's he's basically a brick wall and he he does not want to burst. Like, mm. if he goes to that place, he doesn't want to bring the emotions out. He does he, you can see when he gets emotional, he's annoyed at himself for being emotional in front of this man. Yeah. And so he's asking him questions. He's saying, where are you going? What's happened? He sees that Ray's got blood coming out of his stomach. Yeah. What happened to you? What's going on sort of questions. And I just love it because it's it's two men having two completely different conversations. Yeah. Ray is just staring ahead and talking about the night that he fell asleep at the wheel. Mm. And Graham's trying to bring him back to the present and be like, what is going on? Yeah. And it's, it's just really beautiful. And I think that's more of um, Graham's clerical side as well, like offering um, empathy and compassion and concern for for people. And yeah, he can't help it. Yeah, yeah. it's He's, just and na- you see it earlier nature. in the film. He doesn't want to take confession from the pharmacist <laughs> or from these people. I actually, one thing I love about this movie is nobody respects the fact that he doesn't want to be yeah. a priest anymore. Everyone's like, whatever, father. Just, it's just who you are. You yeah. are just. They see you him. are the, the man of God in this town and you're the person that I want to talk to. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the scene with Ray, it's really powerful. Yeah. We learn more information about what happened. He talks about how he's never fallen asleep in the car before. It had to happen at that exact 10 second moment where he was passing Graham's wife. And I think he says it's like it was meant to be. Yeah. Which is a horrible thing to say to, to the man. man whose wife <laughs> yeah. you killed. And yet it's so honest. Yeah. It's a really powerful moment. Yeah, and Graham forgives him. And it's it's an emotional scene. Yeah. And then it ends on that just like <laughs> you have this great emotional bit and then he goes, By the way, don't open the pantry. Yeah. I locked one of them in there. And, <laughs> and then, then it's like do, 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 do. I think the music kicks in at that point, does it? And I'm like, Oh fuck. Me. Don't go in there. <laughs> but um yeah. also Shyamalan filmed this scene as Ray, um, with two photos in his pocket. He had a photo of his grandfather. And he had a photo of the vigil that the entire production team and cast um, of their, yeah, the vigil that they had after September 11 in his pocket yeah. as a, um, mm. I don't know, it, like imagine concentrating on that as you're trying to film this emotional scene. It would only really enhance that, um, those feelings that you already have. It's a good technique. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great performance. He d- I've he seen him in other job. stuff where he's, he's not that great, but I think with the right role, mm. and he obviously wrote something that was really personal to him. Yeah, and it's just such, it's such a small, crucial thing. And to be honest, you, your attention is on Graham's face in this moment. You're watching the emotions that he's going through when he's 
hearing his wife spoken about again and, and all of that. Oh, and it's also great that he has that thing where he's like, I had your phone number next to my phone for the last six months and I just I couldn't call. Like I've wanted to call and I couldn't. And then this happened. He alludes to something that's happened in the yeah. house. And he goes, yours was the only number I could think of. Yeah. Wow. Imagine how oh, and then of course he gives us the detail of, the I've heard they don't like water. I'm going so to I'm the gonna lake. So I'm going to go down to the yeah, yeah, going to the lake. Yeah, it's the real And it, um, he buries, like, it's clever because it's that throwaway comment is buried in amongst all this emotional stuff. Mm. So it doesn't feel like a really forced on the nose thing. It just feels like a, oh, I'm going to the lake. Yeah. yeah. And it's because it's said in the same tone that he's talking about everything else. So it's yeah. just like a, it's like um word vomit. Like, it's just every thought yeah. that he's got in his head that he's been meaning to say, that he needs to say, mm-hmm. is just all coming to the forefront. And then he yep. just takes off. Yep. And of course, Graham, the idiot, goes into the house. Fool. Oh, I wouldn't have gone in. This Probably would have burnt it down. I just would have done everyone a favour and um, hosed yep. it off. <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> just hosed the house down. <laughs> but um, I really like that he goes um, into the into the house but I like what he's yeah. saying as he goes into the house. It's pretty funny. Yeah, how he's like, you know... He pretends to be a cop, Yeah, but he's so shit. <laughs> I'll cut you the same deal I cut all the others. Yeah, I, I think like, he says, okay. I, I am the police. Yeah. I, I am with the police. <laughs> it's so... Um, yeah, the cutting the deal thing's great. Yeah, I love that <laughs> because he Because by then, his confidence is really sky high. Like, he's got a lot of swagger. He goes, I'll cut you the same deal I cut everyone else. Yeah. He's so happy with himself. He's like, I'm good at this. <laughs> Yeah, but it's good. It's actually like it's a really um, believable moment too. Yeah. He wants. He tries to look under. He can't. He kind of shakes himself off he's and like, okay, is like, "Fuck it, I got. I, I got to leave." Comes back and then marches back in, grabs the knife. But again, it's so funny because he's just a priest. Yeah, doesn't grab a knife out of self-defense or violence. He grabs it because he wants it to use it as a mirror. Yeah, <laughs> which is just really interesting. And uh, and frightening. Oh, I hate that yeah, I don't. I'm like, no, no, you're going to see something in that knife you don't want to see. Don't do it. Yep. Burn the house down, mm-hmm. leave. GTFO. Uh, this, this movie gave me a real fear of doors that have uh, unusually large gaps at the bottom. <laughs> like in bathrooms? Well, <laughs> that's, that's the only a big place gap, I can think But I just of. <laughs> mean like a random door. Like our, our lounge room door has a, a bigger than I would like gap. Do you just underneath. put like one of those door snakes? Under it? Uh, I, prob- I probably should. But we open and close it so often that... Oh, I guess you can get the ones that attach, can't you? God, yeah. I should fix it because I'm watching horror movies and I can see the gap and occasionally, like, our dog no. who might be down the other end of the house. He might walk up and you can just see a shadow under the door. It scares the shit out of me every no, time. No, not allowed. <sighs> Got to fix that. Got to fix that. I'm sorry yeah. that happened to you. <laughs> it's just, yeah. This scene, yeah. Frightening. I really, really frightening. like that he's like, we all know it's a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> so of course the alien's hand comes out oh, and he cuts its fingers. I off. think it grabs him. Um, I kind of. The it, editing he of this scene is him. interesting. Like it's yeah. a real chaotic moment, and mm. then he picks the knife back up because I think he dropped the knife in fear and yeah. panic, and then cuts I think two of the fingers off. Because mm. I, it just feels like so much. Just yeah, it's chaos, like you said, and you're just like, whoa, yeah. wait, what? What happened? Yeah, but. But it, it happens so quickly for him that if he still doubts that it's aliens, I don't think that's enough for him to believe it. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly, yeah. But I think he yeah. saw something in the mirror, didn't he? I think he... 
Oh, I don't know if he did. I can't remember. I think the jump scare is he's looking, he sees like some pantry shelves, and then it's just like a hand comes out. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think can't that's remember. It. Yeah. And for me, it's like, is this the point where Graham finally admits that there's life out there? Yeah. And because you know he spent the last six months denying the existence of any omnipotence yep. because God took his wife away. Mm-hmm. And so I think him admitting there's aliens, he'd have to then re-engage with his faith in, in a way. Yep. And um, yep. so he basically goes back to the house and proposes two options for him and his family. They go to the lake oh. or they stay in deny- and defend the house. But, oh, wait. While, yeah, there is... <laughs> The scene happens in between all that. I think while he's at Ray's place, uh, Meryl is in the cupboard again, watching yeah. the TV. Yes. And there is the moment that I think, I don't know if it's still on this list, but I think it was once voted one of the scariest top 100 yes, scariest I saw scenes that. in a movie or something. Yeah. Is, yeah, this a kid's birthday party mm. and everyone's in screaming because <laughs> they think they see something. Yeah, there's all Brazilian kids and then the video camera lingers on the driveway and then an alien walks out in front of the camera and it's it's scary. It didn't it's scare a scary me. scene. It didn't scare you? No. Like this time or when you first watched it? I can't remember the first time I watched oh, it. Oh, you you definitely expect it. It's yeah. def- like it's not one of the movie's jump scares. No. The, they, they actually have a music score. Like the score is building, 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 building and then it does the drop. And then the alien walks out. So yeah. they're very much like, they're not trying to jump scare you, but they're it's pretty frightening. Trying to prepare It was way more frightening when I was a kid. Mm. Like now you watch it and you're like, eh, it looks a little goofy, but it's still scary, I guess. Yeah. I was more scared by the hand under the door. Yeah, me too. Because I think so. I was because it's, it's it, a glimpse. Yeah. It's just a tiny little glimpse. Mm. Whereas this is like your first full on shot of this thing. And that, and yeah, that's what... They do it through a camcorder, so it's still, like, a bit blurry or whatever. Shyamalan but... actually filmed that with a camcorder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I thought was really cool. I, so it wasn't just, like, a he, filter or something. He actually filmed. I was reading something about he had to cut the parents of the scene out because their accent yeah. was different than the kids or something. Because yeah. <laughs> so they didn't have, to like, detail. a Brazilian enough accent or something. Yeah. and Because <laughs> he filmed it in Miami, I think. In, in yeah, Florida, yeah. and so, yeah, they, he said, yeah, something about the accents not being authentic enough, mm. so I had to cut it, <laughs> or edit, or edit them out. So I was like, oh, yeah. But yeah, Meryl's reaction to that's quite strong. Like he's yeah. terrified, and I think he replays it and watches it again, mm. and and then yeah, and then Graham comes home, and, and they're gives all them on the, the lounge with tinfoil hats on. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> right. He walks in tinfoil hats. <laughs> that's great. That's when he sits on the stairs. I yeah. Think, and he says, We've here's the two something. options. Yeah. We're going to go to the lake. And what's the other option? Stay, um, stay in <laughs> um, and look after the house. And so they decide, they board the entire house up. Yeah. At this point. Not, a, not before a vote, though. Oh, yeah, they, they do voted. a vote in which Graham says his vote counts for two. He vetoes everyone. Um, and then Bo changes her mind. Because, yeah, Morgan brings up a great point where he goes, I don't want to leave the house. This, yeah. is, where, this is where we were with mum. This is yeah. mum's house, you know? Which is so Which nice. is a really cute thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so they board the house up, yeah. Yeah. But don't find weapons. No. Also, I despise, I, I actually hate them for forgetting the dog. They forget about the dog. I know, the they dog. leave the dog outside. Like, the dog originally they have a plan, which get. is they're going to tie the dog up outside, yeah. which is even, like, even worse. Let the dog free so it can run away, you 
assholes. But then, yeah, after they boarded the whole house up, they hear it barking and the kid goes, oh, no, we forgot the dog. And I'm like, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) You didn't forget. Not the kid. It's Graham's fault. Graham or Meryl. Adult Should have brought the dog in with them. What would be the problem with bringing the dog inside? I don't know. Because it's like Graham says, the aliens know they're in there anyway. Yeah. Like, that's an annoying thing too. They forget to turn the lights off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're like, should we turn the lights off? Ah, they already know we're here. It's like, well, Well, then get the dog. Freaking lights on. Actually, and there's a great scene too where what do you want for dinner? And they all want something different. And they all (laughs) sit down and have it. And then they're all too scared to eat and... Finally, Graham breaks down and yeah. cries. It's all too much this for him. This scene um, was probably my oh, favorite Oh, you know what the trigger scene. is? The trigger is that one of the kids wants to say grace yeah. or something like that. Say a prayer to God. And he's like, we're not praying to God. Yeah. Which I just love. I love his loss do. of faith. Yeah. And um, it's really just not um, like in your face loss of faith. It's just like, I just don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah. It's, Which is great because... Yeah. They could have done that. I think a lesser movie would have done that at the start. It yeah. would have shown you that he hates God. But this movie just, again, like we've said, it drip feeds you. And then you just have that scene where emotions are high. He's at breaking point and the mm. kids won't eat until they can say a prayer to God. And he's just like, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And they all start crying and he starts eating a bit of off everyone's plate. And then the kids give him a hug. It's a beautiful moment. And it's yeah. kind of funny and sweet too because he drags Meryl in as well. Yeah. And it's nice. It's, it's really, really nice. nice moment. And it's just, um, yeah, it really broke me. And I think it's because, like, um, I grew up being raised by my single dad. And so, mm. like, my mum didn't pass away or anything. But, like, that, not having that support person, like, I could see that yep. in my dad. And yep. my dad, I think the only time my dad has ever cried was maybe when my niece was born. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, that I mean, that is that the I've thing. Seen. You watch, particularly an actor like Mel Gibson, who's a very tough, mm. plays a tough guy mostly. Like, I think he said this is his most introspective character he ever really has ever had to play. Yeah. Because he doesn't have his usual things to fall back on, which is violence and aggression. And a gun. Really. And yeah, he doesn't faces. have those tools. So he's, he's dipping into his actor toolkit and having yeah. to come up with emotions that you probably haven't seen him do for... I mean, he would have had a period in his career where he made it as a star, and so he just did, like, action-adventure stuff forever. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he wouldn't have had to actually emote like he did in this movie for so long. It is really good. Yeah, like, I really... The, all, all four of them are so good in this film. Yeah, it's they play just such impactful roles. Yeah. That um, and are really giving fantastic. you that moment... Sorry, giving you that moment to where... Um, they all break down and they're hugging it out as a family. It just realigns the stakes of the movie again yeah. for you. The the family unit are back together. They're really tight. We all we've bonded with them. We really like them. Yeah. And it's, we're at the most dangerous point in the movie, where essentially they know an invasion is coming because of the news. Yeah, again, the news, the news has has said something about us it. that info. Well, yeah. it says here. I've it's, written isn't here it? that they um they end up watching the news together before um yeah. while after they of the house and um yeah. yeah they're talking about how lights are visible over you know all these different cities worldwide um there's crop signs everywhere and that um they there's more appearances of aliens so isn't it isn't it funny that a lot of 
the information that goes into helping them come up with a plan just comes from the book yeah. that Morgan's reading. I thought that was really cool because... Um, <laughs> Combined with... And they acknowledge it too. They, yeah. They acknowledge that it's kind of silly. And the lady like, in well, the what shop... what else do we actually have? Mm, the lady in the bookstore was like, oh, you know, this is for city folk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just for them if they ever want it. Yeah. And I just thought it was really cool that Morgan picked that up. Off yeah, but you also have that nice moment where Morgan recognises on the news something that he's seen in the book which I think is uh, he basically apologises to his dad and goes I'm sorry like I think they're hostile now yeah. I was wrong we should have gone to the lake yeah. and his dad like he's been a good dad in that moment is like don't worry about it yeah. it's not your fault don't worry let's get on with it let's do this but this is um, they finish boarding up the house and um, they have the scene where they talk about the births yes and I just my heart was just yeah. like, is this him saying goodbye to his kids in case anything happens? I think happens? it is. Yeah, I, I definitely think it is. Because he says something later to Meryl when mm. he says, you didn't think we'd make it through the night. And I don't even know if he answers him, but it's the look on his face. And I think he shakes his head. Like, he, he didn't expect to survive. So I think that is. That's kind of... Yeah, because it was really... Like, it's really sad. And the thing is, like, I love hearing my birth story from my dad's perspective because it's not something mm. um, you hear your dad discuss with emotion yeah. because obviously it's a very it would be so emotional for your parent. Um, mm. I've only ever heard it from my grandmother or my mom, and so when I asked yeah. my dad, it was a totally, it felt like a totally different story. Yeah, even though point it's, of view. Yeah, and I think that he, them hearing that from their parent and from their dad after, you know, being an emotional nothing for the last six months was really yep. important for them mm -hmm. to be like, okay, well, Dad still gives a shit. Cool. Yeah, it's a, awesome. it's beautiful. Like, yeah. this movie's just filled with beautiful moments yeah. of, of the family. Like, to the point where, like, yeah, you almost can't breathe when they go down into the basement. Oh, it's just know. like, oh, I don't want anything bad to happen. Don't you do know it. when a movie sets up multiple characters... And often it'll kill like one of them. Yeah. For me, like I always hate that because that's not a victory. Like take this movie, for example, if any of these characters had died, I would have felt like shit at the end of it. Like it's kind of yeah. all or nothing. They've all got to get through it or it's it's horrible. And, <laughs> and then you would just roll they, the credits. Yeah. Often a movie just rolls the credits. No, and like, it's ah, it's all bad. good. And it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> this, no, you don't get to just do that shit to me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of really like that they didn't do that with this. Yep. But they didn't um, didn't kill anybody off. And then again, the sound design is incredible because they're all sort of standing downstairs in the lounge room and you mm. just start to see... I mean, you hear the dog barking, barking really aggressively and then whining and then being silent, which is just fucking heartbreaking. Thanks. Bullshit. And then you see the shadows start to come around the house yeah. and then the banging the loud knocking. It's so scary every time you hear like just banging on the door and you hear noises upstairs. The scuffling? That scuffling, me. yeah. They're, them on the roof is really unsettling because they realize they haven't um, blocked off the attic and they're all like, yeah, Oh, the fucking shit, attic. <laughs> we've got to get yeah. into the basement because we've boarded ourselves in here, we can't go out because there's an alien invasion. Let's yeah. go to the basement. And um, mm -hmm. it's in the basement um, that Morgan has an asthma attack, and yeah. this scene with his dad you know, talking him through being able to breathe and, you know, we're all together, we are one, like, let's breathe together. I was like, you yep. go, you go, Dad. 
You're it's the best scene in the film. That's it's my favorite really scene. Touching. And my my favorite part of it is when he starts talking to God, and he tells him that he hates him. Like yeah. I, that's such a powerful, powerful scene. And because yeah. that's the theme of the whole film, mm. is faith. And it's, uh, I watched a great film recently called Cal- uh, Calvary. Okay. And that's all about faith. Uh, it's a brilliant film. People should check it out. There's a great line in it where someone is questioning if a religious person's faith is so strong, how could they give it up so easily? And the priest quite rationally just says, but what is fear? Uh, what is faith but the fear of death? Mm. And I think about that a lot, and that applies to this film. He's been faced with death, and his faith just snapped and broke off immediately. And here he is faced with it again. And probably... He was probably a very religious man for the previous 40 years of his life. So his instinct would be to pray to God and hope that God gets me through this. But that part of him, the connection is broken. Like, it's it's severed, basically. And, and I, I, I don't know. I, I really him. love that scene. Just him yeah. saying that I hate you is so strong. Yeah. And he's, he's and saying... And it's like an all is lost sort of moment. Yeah, because he's, you know, you've already done this to me once and now you're going to do, yep. do it to me again. Yeah. That really broke me. It's yeah, that's the most heartbreaking scene, mm. and um, and what comes before that is really frightening. Is, um, you know, they realise they're just banging on the door and making sound. They're not trying to get in, and it's a diversion. Yeah. And they think, oh, we used to pour coal into this basement. There's got to be another way in. And then it's just that brilliant wide shot where the two torchlights meet in the middle, and Morgan's standing in front of like a grate, and yeah. it's just the finger camouflage finger comes around and grabs him and it's mm. terrifying oh oh because that's the next morning isn't it well that that happens at night and then i think morning the, happens. Uh, he does the breathing exercises to get him through the night but they realize yeah. because they've set up the asthma stuff earlier on we don't have his medicine yeah because they panicked and just ran down there in a rush we need to get you know we need to get the medicine but they learned that they've got the um i think they got the radio on at some point yeah and, and they heard can- that that they were escaping or... That they, they were leaving, leaving they're defeated. Yeah. Which yeah. is... Seems like a too quick moment. Seems too good to be true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, all right. But I think they, they make the decision, like, if he has another asthma attack, he won't survive. We need to get yeah. that medicine. And so um, um, they leave But I love the how quickly they decide. Yeah, they, they listen like, to the radio. Out? It's not confirmed and like, it's good enough for me. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> all right, yeah. let's go. But uh, so they they go out into the um. Where, where am I up to? So oh, I can't, I've missed something. No, yeah, you're right. No, they, go they go upstairs. Yeah, and um, put him on the couch. Yes. Um, everything seems fine. There's a windows broken, obviously, and there's a mess, yeah. but it seems okay. Um, he. Graham says, I'll drag the TV in for you. You can watch the news. You can see them talking about how we survived, blah, blah, blah. And there's that great shot. He drags the TV in and in the reflection, you see an alien figure. Yeah, that's, that's right. An awesome shot. And there, um, he grabs Morgan, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got Morgan mm. and then he's the thing comes out of his wrist, you know, oh, the, the little... Uh, mist or something. The oh. venom. Because I think this, this isn't a thing that we've just heard of. I think they mentioned that earlier in the film that they've poisoned people. It might have only been like a few minutes earlier. I think Meryl said uh, they poisoned a lot of people. A lot of people died or something. Oh, like okay. That. I don't some, remember that. Some. I, I think they mentioned it. I don't think it's just. 
I don't think it's just a random thing that suddenly yeah. it's like, oh, by the way, they've got poison powers too. No. If if that is if that is new information, then yeah, that's pretty poor. But I think they did Set bring it up. up. Maybe only a few minutes earlier, but yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, of course we get the fulfillment of the flashback yeah, to Graham's finally, wife dying. We see and her last words and and the <sighs> recurrence of the the swing away Meryl, which is what they used to say at his baseball games. Yeah. And um, Graham says to him, you know, her brain was still firing. And what she was replaying before she died was a memory of us at one of your baseball games. And so he just says, you know, swing away. And what yep. I don't know what he's hitting because he... Um, they're hitting... He's hitting all the glasses that Bo's left everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, I think, accidental. I think he hits it in the body first. Yes. And it drops, although not before it actually poisons, poisons. Morgan. Yeah. So he hits it, it drops him. Graham grabs Morgan and runs out to the front mm. to try and help his breathing. Um, and then I think he just, like, knocks the alien against the TV. And, and water it knocks gets a glass down. Yeah. And then you see it burning its skin, and then suddenly, ah, there we go. Wait it's water. Yeah. So it's a great scene. The music's yeah. building, everything's great. And it's just, yeah, it's Graham trying to. Oh, trying this to scene bring where his he's kid like, back. You didn't breathe it in. You didn't breathe it. You didn't breathe it. Like, yeah, it's it's really clever. It's like yeah. his asthma closed his lungs, yeah. so none of the poison got in. Mm. So that's great. Would that technically happen in real life, though? IRL. Not sure. Mm. Um, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> not really sure though. <laughs> not but, medically oh, correct. What, what we what we did forget is down in the basement. When Meryl says, you didn't think we'd make it through the night, and Graham says, no. And then he says, I saw something in your eyes and I never want to see it again. Just that complete, he goes, you, you can't lose faith. Yes. He it says, looked like you lost um, faith in everything. And because he was saying that he was always um, in awe of the faith that his Yeah, he's had. like, you're my big brother and you're, I've always wanted to be you. Yeah. But I saw, like, yeah, something about that look in your eye, I never, ever want to see that again. Yeah. So we're out in the front lawn. And it's it's interesting because Meryl actually is probably the first one to give up. They can't yeah. get Morgan to breathe, and Meryl's like trying to tell Graham to stop, mm. and he turns away because he can't bear to look at it. And Graham doesn't give up. I guess in that moment, his faith is sort of still there and lingering. And then Morgan breathes again, and I think, what does Morgan say? Did someone save me? And he looks up. And Graham looks up and says, "Yeah, I think someone did," Aww. which is quite nice. Yeah, his faith is restored. Yeah. And it's, um, it was just a nice feeling. Like, it gave me goosebumps, yep. that, yeah, that definitely. scene. And I just like how Bo is always just tagging along. She's like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, I'm here. Hello. Yep. There's also, like, there's that implication in the film that Bo kind of saw the future. Yes. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> Which is interesting. Because... She I... saw Morgan die. Yeah. It's nuts. It's kind of... It's cool. horrifying. Kind of cool. Kids are terrifying. Just to just to throw <laughs> you off, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just give you a little bit of something else. So then, yeah. They um they fast forward to a few months, you know, and um we see that Graham's actually getting ready to go back to church, which is nice. When yeah. you know this the the symbolism of the movie is alluding not only to signs of other life but signs and coincidences in our everyday life that kind of say to us, hey, there is something omnipotent out there. Yeah. And um, Graham's That's what's great about it. Yeah. Just, you know, signs that point to to faith mm. and, and the reason to never stop believing and to always 
yeah. be looking out for, for yeah, yeah, it's just the the film. Uh, I think it's really powerful. A lot of people criticize the ending, um, the whole water thing yeah, defeats the it, alien. I feel like it but it's like one of the done. characters say, it. I think Meryl or one of the one of the characters says it. Everything has a weakness, and so yeah. all they did is just identify the weakness of this thing. Yeah, and they kind of knew it all along anyway, from yeah. the signs they, that they'd yeah. been given. And they did a, a hell of a lot to foreshadow that water was going to yeah. be the thing. So, <laughs> and the funny thing yeah. is, like, it, I just thought about it. It's like whole, like water is used as a cleansing agent in in Catholicism and in Christianity yeah. and baptism and renewal. And it's the water in itself is this really powerful symbol throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a heavy movie, isn't it? When you think it's a about great it, film. it's it is really good. I really do. Yeah. I really do like it. Great choice. Thank you. I now don't have to watch it for a little while. I'll <laughs> let it sort of wear off. But I, I'll, I will definitely watch it again. I just think it's a really beautifully made yeah, film. And absolutely. it's full of like really rich themes and great performances. And yeah, it has a slightly iffy last 10 minutes. But Yeah, the last 10 minutes didn't ruin the movie though, which is, thank God. Didn't ruin it. But probably holds it back from being a, an absolute masterpiece of a film. Yeah. Because so much of what comes before that is really strong. Yeah. Everything yeah a, a great film. Awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah, I yeah, I just until now I would never have looked at it um as a movie of divine intervention instead of just an alien invasion. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the the yeah. It's so weird, isn't it? It's it's a really deep movie, and you yeah. wouldn't expect it to be. But I think that's the benefit of just it being such a simple, a really simply plotted film, is that. You, I I actually love a, a horror film where you could you could take the aliens out of this, and you've still got like an, a really interesting story about a family. Yeah, I think. Like, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be an alien. It could just be, like, any event that kind of rocks the family a bit. And I could say the same about, like, a movie like The Descent. Have you seen that one? Yes, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't have to have cave monsters in that movie. That's a brilliant film, actually, without any monsters. Yeah, the development Because it's just people going story. down into a claustrophobic yeah. setting and all falling apart under pressure. It's great. There's, uh, it didn't have to be so rude to me by scaring me. <laughs> I hated that movie. It terrified <laughs> yeah. me. I, yeah, yeah really that scary. movie definitely scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I was not. The only fan. good thing is we, we're not going to go into caves, so who cares? Oh well, see, my I sister. Can, um, I can sleep at night. Yeah, my sister used to go caving with a friend. Oh god! And then oh, a couple god. of years later, I saw the descent, and I was like, "Oh, Emily, you can't go into caves anymore." Yeah, not that she I was at did, that point, but <laughs> I did my caving before I watched the descent, so now I don't have to do it again. I'm too claustrophobic. Like, I think I'd actually have an anxiety yeah. attack and pass out, no, and they have to like drag me out. I am too. Out. I'm claustrophobic too. I don't yeah. know why I went in. I went. In, I went into a bat cave. Ugh. Yeah. No good. I can't go anywhere no where I feel like it's gonna fall on, like collapse oh, yeah. on me. Yeah. So no oh. caves. Nothing. Nope. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. No thanks. So um, being a scaredy boy and all. Yes. Uh, what was the last horror movie you watched? Uh, I watched one a couple of days ago called Fire in the Sky. Okay. Have you heard of that one? No, I haven't. It was made in the 90s. It's based on a true story from the 70s uh, about an alien invasion. Sorry, an alien abduction, rather. Um, This guy named Travis Walton claimed that he was abducted by aliens and he was missing for five days and then they found him naked and screaming. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, and there was a there was a group that were out in like the the woods on a government contract chopping trees down or something, and all all five of these guys or all six of them, they pulled the car over because there was a, a fire in the sky, lots of lights in the sky, and they all claim that they saw a, a flying saucer, and Travis got out of the car and looked at it and got zapped by it, oh. and they all shit themselves and drove off. Just left him there, and then yeah, and left him. They the just freaked out. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And then they they came back. Or well, one of them came back to, to find him and he was gone. And so for five days, the whole town thought that they'd murdered him and there was like an investigation. And and yeah, and then he came back and said he was abducted and wow. they all had to do like a polygraph test where I think all of them, except for one guy who was a bit iffy, all of them passed the polygraph test. And so it was just like this weird thing for a while. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. But yeah, it's it's not a very scary film. So I found it quite pleasant. Um, someone <laughs> suggested it. We had to do it for Scaredy Boys. But there is a 10-minute sequence towards the end where he has a flashback to being abducted and you see inside the alien ship and it is very, very scary. It's a terrifying scene. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just... It's disgusting. He, like, wakes up in, like, in this sack and he has to, like, burst out of it. And then he gets dragged along by these aliens and um, he he, he tries to escape and his hand goes through the wall... And he falls in and there's like another human body, but it's a body that's been there for a while and it slowly like gets up and is gasping and then he escapes and then the aliens get him. Oh and God. They look horrible. Like, yeah. It's, it's not like little flashes so you only see a little bit. They actually like full on show you these creatures and they just look like so disturbing and unsettling. And then they've got him tied to the chair and they're like injecting needles into his eyeballs and doing all sorts of weird shit. It's I thought fun. aliens it's just do butt fun. stuff. Well, I, I had to laugh because the first thing they do when they throw him on the table is take his pants off. And I was like, here we go. Well, <laughs> living up to the stereotype. But then, yeah. but then they just like put like this, um, basically like a plastic bag type thing, covered his face oh and then cut God. eye holes in it and like put things in his eye. And it was Oh disgusting. my God. Yeah. Really unsettling oh. for an otherwise pleasant film. But yeah, apparently he did a, another polygraph test years later and they asked him, were you abducted by aliens? And it came up negative. So everyone just thinks it's a bit of a hoax, to be honest. Interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. I um, It's a cool film. Sounds yeah. like it. I recently watched Scare Package on Shudder. And have not heard of it. It's... Too scared to get Shudder. Uh, yeah. D- but it'd be a good resource for you guys. <laughs> it probably would be. Yeah. We should and get it's, it. It's only six bucks a month or something. It's so That's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good price. Does it have heaps and heaps of I stuff? I use a VPN, so I yeah. get access to the American content, which Does is Does it have all like awesome. the big popular horror films? Is it just like weird fucked up stuff? Weird fucked up stuff. Um, yeah, okay. Anthologies, creep shows on it. Um... <sighs> yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched Scare Package. It's funny. It is hilarious. Yeah. There's this the, the one that I watched is one... Once in the Woods. So there's like seven okay. stories by seven different directors. And it, it, um, it's just brilliant. And <laughs> there's a scene where there's like this serial killer and he's chasing pe- this girl through the woods and this girl runs into another yep. guy. And the guy's like, oh, I'm just hunting, you know? She's like, get out of here. Like, leave. He's coming for you. And so the serial killer catches up to the guy <laughs> and like rips his legs off and like beats him <laughs> with them. and it's just one leg to begin with and he's like oh here we go and then he's like oh now he's ripped off the other one 
And he's like, no, I'm never going to run that marathon. And like, I was, <laughs> what? I was in my room cackling. And my grandma's <laughs> like, what are you watching? And I explained it to her and she's like, you're sick in the head. I was like, no, but it's actually, like, it's it's meant to be a comedy. Like, the whole uh, anthology is a comedy. It's just very gory, and um, it's just really good, and I highly recommend yeah. watching it. It's really cool. You should... Uh, I'm just trying to think what the best horror I've watched for Scaredy Boys is, and it's probably The Thing. I haven't watched that yet. It's on my list. It's, it's, it's on my pledge really list. Good. It's brilliant. Yeah, I definitely want to see it. Did you watch the original? Yes, the original. Yeah. I haven't seen the remake. No, I'm just wondering um, if the remake's even worth it. So, probably not. Probably not. Definitely go original. No, I'm not even. It's, in, it's great. I'm highly unimpressed that they're remaking The Exorcist because I just really like the um, cinematography and the practical effects they did with the first one. I don't want to see yeah, no good. CGI exorcism. I don't want to see yeah. that. So they shouldn't remake it. No, they are though. So that's disappointing. I'm just really disappointed. That movie's fucked up. I, I And I really like it in its original form. That's how it should stay. Mm. So. Yeah. Don't ruin shit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stop ruining good things. <laughs> um, to wrap up the podcast, can you please tell everybody where uh, we can find you, podcasts, social media, whatever you use? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Carney from 55 and you can also find the Scaredy Boys show at Scaredy Boys and we're on all the uh, all the podcast apps I think I think it's everywhere yeah I have you on Spotify yeah. everyone yep. um, should definitely give it a listen it is a riot I don't listen to the episodes of movies I haven't watched yet so <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to make sure I've, they're movies I've seen but yeah highly recommend giving you a listen great thank you thanks for thanks for being on my podcast Thanks for having me. You're welcome.